Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show today to everyone in the United States and around the world. Before I start, you know, we have had such an increase in our listening audience And, uh, you know, this is the 20th anniversary of the show, and I cannot thank you enough for your support. If not, this wouldn't be the 20th anniversary of this show and number one show. So thank you so much. And with that, hey, Richard Roberts in Brazil, special shout out to my friend. Can't wait to see you in person and Gang Young in South Korea. I hope you're doing well. And Cheryl Harris at the State Department and Vinyamin in Kazakhstan. Hello to everyone uh, around the world. You know, we have listeners in over 17 countries from Australia to China. Uh, and thank you so very much. Hey, Yoshiko Dart, special shout out to you. Uh, Yoshiko, my close friend is the wife of the late, great Justin Dart Jr., and I never can forget Yoshiko. Thank you, Highmark, for your sponsorship. What a great company you are. And I have to tell you, I was really excited about our show today. We don't often have people enough relating to the film industry, the movies, what's happening to people with disabilities as far as them being portrayed in film. And so it is great to have Isaac Zablocki, festival co-founder and New York director of Real Abilities Film Festival. Welcome, Isaac. It's a pleasure to have you. And for our listeners around the world, people get in touch with me all the time and tell me, hey, I want to know about your guests, some personal information about them, so I understand who they are. So would you mind sharing your story with our listeners across the United States and around the world? Uh, with pleasure. So I'm. Uh, I, I was born in New York, and um, um, my family moved to Israel actually um, when I was uh, young, when I was about ten. And I um, have my whole life has really been film. That's uh, I'm one of those film nerds, and like my hobby is also my work. So um, I'm really lucky on that level. And um, I have a learning disability. I have uh, dysgraphia, ADHD, um, and a little bit of dyslexia. And um, that's something that's also really, I think, um, had an influence um, on my life and my career and possibly why I love film so much because uh, I'm, I'm a more visual learner um, than a, a text-related uh, text learner. Um, I uh, came back to the U.S. when I was 22, 
um, and worked in uh, worked on feature films. Um, worked um, went went to school. Um, went to Columbia University and studied film there. Um, after school, I had the um, uh, now kind of embarrassing opportunity to work at uh, Miramax Films. And um, we can really thank Harvey Weinstein for the work that I'm doing now because that is what drove me to make sure that I want to do something um, that has a lot more meaning than anything I was doing in the terrible environment that uh, was run there. So um, I, I was lucky enough to have a, to, to get the job as the director of film programs at the JCC in Manhattan. And... Um, Kind of really grow and develop a, a, a film program there. That um, that uh, its goal was to to bring the community together and to um, serve films that weren't being served. And um, Real Abilities is a great example of uh, what could grow out of that space, and has really been one of our proudest programs that we run here. And I've been working here for 18 years and. I thought at first I'd be here for two years, and you know this is a, another another short gig. But um, I, I've really been um, uh, continuously inspired, and every uh, everything we do here has been growing so much that I've never had a boring day. You know what? Okay, right off the bat, what I want to say to all of our listeners: this guy is awesome. He starts by <laughs> talking about his disabilities. You know what that means? You all hear me now. We've got to follow him. We've got to follow him and his career and real abilities because he obviously is the real deal. You know, I live with epilepsy. All my listeners know that. But it's so important because we have disability pride. We're not ashamed, uh, which is why July is now called Disability Pride Month. But Oh, Isaac, I like you. I like you a lot. Um, And we're going to be following you. So your background in the film industry, tell us what you've done, what you've worked on, you know, the films you've worked on, uh, so we can all know a little more about you. So, as I mentioned, I I mean, I was involved with um, independent films. I even wrote and uh, produced uh, and directed uh, my own feature film um, and and have have always kind of leaned towards um, independent films and films that actually have some social impact um, and... and, I, I mentioned, of course, uh, the, the Miramax experience was an important part of my career and really a changing point for me of understanding that film is actually education. Um, film is, uh, you know, of course, entertainment too, but, um, but it changes us. It impacts us. It impacts us, I feel, in a deeper way than most um, forms of communication. Um, it, you, you know, you could really get to someone's heart. You could get to someone intellectually. Um, it really has, has such, a, such a powerful um, uh, um, um, tool. And, um, and with great uh with great power comes great responsibility as as they've said in hollywood and um and it's really it was important for me to emphasize um the how how important it is to be responsible with the films that we're showing with the films that are with the stories that we're telling and because um, I do believe that life mimics art sometimes and specifically life really um mimics film um 
And it's so funny. I was I, I was just reading an article about um, the movie Splash from the 1980s, um, where Daryl Hannah plays a mm-hmm. plays a mermaid who comes to New York. And it was said in the article that um, after that film came out, a lot of people started naming their their kids Madison, which became one of the most popular names for girls. Um, it was a total joke in the film. She looked up at Madison Avenue when she had to choose a name, and she was like, Madison. It's like not even, not even a name that anyone used, and definitely not for girls at that time. And, um, um, and, and suddenly that film changed it. And you see how it's just one example, one very small and <laughs> insignificant example, of how impactful film is. And if a film's that impactful, we have to use this tool so responsibly and really need to present, uh, present stories that we want our society to see. And as you said before, with, uh, with, uh, in terms of coming out and speaking about your disability, disability has been hidden in film for all these years. And I, and I think uh, it doesn't help us in society where most people will not come out. As so many people I meet have disabilities, and they, don't even, they, they, they won't even note it. They think it's a negative thing. And disability does not mean anything negative. Um, it means difference, and we are all different. So um, we, need to, we need to just own our differences and possibly um, uh, shout it out. And I could say that I wasn't always talking about my disability immediately, the first thing I'd say on a podcast. Um, it would be sometimes something that, you know, I would, I would, uh, I, I would even hide sometimes. Um, but the real abilities has really helped me um, come to a place where I'm proud of it. Wow. You are so awesome. We're all going to be following you. And so for young people listening to the show, look at him, filmmaker, producer, the whole deal. Disability did not stop him. And for many people, I know you won't be surprised to uh, hear this, but people with learning disabilities are extremely bullied in school so much that, you know, we've lost people to uh, what we call bully side. So, um, you know, I just want you to realize how successful he is. And he's now with Miramax. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, but, but I want to talk about real abilities. You founded Real Abilities. What is Real Abilities and why did you found it? And wasn't it in Pittsburgh once? Didn't they have a showing in Pittsburgh, Real it, Abilities? It absolutely did. It, it, it goes on annually there. I'll tell you all about it. So Real Abilities, okay. um, spelled yeah, because, R-E-E-L. I'm, I'm, I'm headquartered in Pittsburgh. And just so you know, I supported that. So go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Wonderful, wonderful. So Real Abilities is the largest disability film festival in the world, and it's a festival dedicated to um, showing great stories, great films um, by and about people with disabilities, and um, we try to show a diversity of disabilities, try to take a progressive approach to disabilities. So these are not those films that are, um, that are inspirational and just showing you, um, uh, you know, how tragic or how triumphant 
life is to be um, uh, with a disability. Um, it's actually films that just tell really good stories, and my favorite ones are ones that are not even about the disability, but just inclusive of disability as well. And um, this festival is now, we're, um, this April, we're celebrating our 15th anniversary, um, and it launches here in New York. We run it in New York, and then it goes to um, over 20 cities across the U.S., into Canada, um, Latin America, Mexico. It's, um, it's expanded over these last 15 years. It is, and I have to admit, it expanded organically. Um, this wasn't like, you know, a big plan of like, let's, uh, global domination, let's <laughs> Let's get it out there. Let's, um, but it's really just uh, that there was such demand for these kinds of films. Most of our films, unfortunately, are so great, but don't get shown in many other festivals or in many other places. And we're really proud to present them. We present them, I should note, with full accessibility. So we make it we, every year are raising the bar on accessibility. Um, so absolutely everyone can attend. And I like to think that um, the festival is for two major audiences. It's for the insiders who are people um, who live, live, breathe, and, you know, are, are disabilities a part of their life, and, for, and at the same time for outsiders who think that they have no connection to the disability community, and they're coming in just because it's a great film, just because their friend told them to come, and um, hopefully these movies are forever changing people's perception of what disability film is and what the lives and stories of people with disabilities are and gives people a window into, into the world of disability that they might not have had, um, and of those specific individuals, because, of course, every story is different. Even if you have, if you're living a disability, a life as, as a disabled person, um, you might not uh, have the same experiences as another disabled person. It doesn't mean, you know, that you have the same exact experiences. And yet sometimes you might actually say, see yourself on the screen for the first time, which we don't see enough of. So um, that's, that's, in a nutshell, a little bit of what Real Abilities does. Um, I, I should note, yes, of course, one of the cities that has been extremely successful for us is Pittsburgh. Um, and uh, we love our Real Abilities there, and um, it, uh, it's been going on for, for quite a few years. I'd say probably close to 10 years now, and um, runs a great high-quality program. When, when is this festival? Is it different in every place? Yeah, so it launches here in New York um, April 27th till May 3rd, and then from there, all those films travel to all the different cities um, based on their own schedule. Um, and every city runs it independently. It's not that we run every city, of course, because um, we believe that every city has a different community and you know needs to give their own flavor to it, um, sometimes add in some of their own local films. Um, and it's, it's really about, a, it's, it's about letting each city find its own identity and not just have to be like New York's film festival because we have our own identity too. Okay, let me ask you this question now. What was the trigger? What caused you to do this? I have to admit, it came, so, so it was at a period in my life where I was, I would say, not as proud of my disability as I am now, and um, although, of course, disability was always very close to me, I mean, it was, it's something that's all around all of us, and it, it's a part of life, and by the way, of course, um, I mean, you mentioned before bullying, and, um, you know, standing up against bullies and um, fighting bullying, I remember seeing a film called um, uh, called. Bully, and I believe the Bully Project came out of it. Um, 
was something that was always on my mind as far as the changes that we need. But really, what the, the, the impetus to this festival came from, um, I showed a film that was related. I saw there was underrepresentation for disability, and I showed a film here at the JCC that was um, related to disability. And um, we got a crowd, and uh, the impact was important, and I started getting more and more films. And at one point, I looked at uh, my desk, and I saw, wow, I have, and back then, they they said screeners on DVDs. Today, it's all on links. But um, back then, I had a whole stack of DVDs on my desk that were all um, uh, disability-related, and I said, wow, we we got a festival here. And as luck would have it, I met a woman named Anita Altman, who's uh, my co-founder of the festival, and she had the same idea. She was working with a film and saw the impact of a film, and she had organized a network of disability organizations, and um, bringing these two things together, her network, um, and knowing that this is a a program that would be very much connected to those organizations working in the community, um, and at the same time, my program, which was about bringing quality films of the underrepresented to to the public, um, bringing those together was just a slam dunk, and um, it took off very quickly. Wow, that is so great. And now, are you working on films now? Are you working on uh, new films? What's going on? So, so me personally, I, I mean, I still help uh, with some production for films, and I, I continue um, to produce. Most of my time is dedicated to to um, uh, presenting films. So I'm on the exhibition side of things and running various film festivals beyond Real Abilities too, but um, but especially Real Abilities. Yeah, that is great. Well, how how do you like working at Miramax? How do you like that? Uh, so Miramax, I had worked in just after college, and it was... Uh, oh, you did uh, now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been there in many years, but as I said, it's it's what drove me to make sure that I never work in a place... It, it's been... My, my one of my mantras has been has been um, I don't work at Miramax anymore. Um, I I don't work for Harvey Weinstein. I want to work in a world where people like that are not the boss. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, that is yeah. absolutely so true. Uh, well, this Real Abilities Festival, you mentioned it's the fifteenth year. Uh, April 27th through May 3rd, as you said. Uh, what are you going to do about that? What Do you have any anything special planned? I mean, every year is extremely exciting. And first of all, of course, has a great lineup of films. And uh, we're always overwhelmed. I'll mention the hardest part of my job is we have to say no to great films. We don't have enough room for all the films we would love to screen. And um, and that's that's heartbreaking, but uh, but um, we but it leaves us definitely with a really great program of films. But beyond the films, we're going to have a big celebratory opening night, and we're going to have uh, Troy Cutzer there, the uh, Academy Award winner from Coda last year. He's going to be honored there. And um, we are planning so many programs throughout the week. We're not going to we're not going to sleep for a week, and I'm excited to have as many people as possible join me in this uh, pajama party because um, it is nonstop programs for a full week um, relating to disability 
all very different. We're going to have a comedy night at uh, the Gotham Comedy Club here in New York um, with all disabled comedians um, who are fabulous. Um, we're going to have um, a, within it sketch comedy and to stand up and improv and show some show some videos too. We're planning um, last year we we started running an accessibility summit for the film industry, and we're expanding that this year with the help of the mayor's office for media entertainment here in New York. Um, to make a um, summit that is for all performing arts on accessibility and talk about how we can better bring in both on stage and behind the scenes um, more more disabled people into these forms of art, um, which is crucial and 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 i mean we're we're I, I feel like we're at a state of growth. There's a real revolution going on, and we're seeing so much more exposure. And this is the moment to really not say, okay, we're there, but rather to say, all right, we've got to push now to really make a change because, uh, because to really create that uh, um, sea change that we need for, for our society in terms of disability inclusion, um, it's, we, we have a long way to go, and it's an uphill battle, and it's not just going to happen with uh, you know, a couple of Academy Award wins. Um, so anyone listening right now, if they're saying they're in New York, oh, this is awesome. How do they attend? How do they get tickets? You know, what is the whole process? So tickets are going on sale at the end of the month, um, uh, at uh, March 30th. And um, you go to realabilities.org slash New York um, or go to realabilities.org and select New York as your city and, um, uh, and you'll be able to get tickets. We are running um, fully in person and virtually too. We learned during the pandemic that all these years we, we ran in multiple locations in order to be one of the ways of being more accessible. And during the pandemic when we went virtual for the first time, we got all these wonderful letters from people who said, all these years I've wanted to attend your festival, and I couldn't do it. I can't leave my home. I can't, you know, get far enough to, to be able to get to whatever theater you're presenting in. So we're trying to keep that virtual element as long as we can, and this year will be fully hybrid. All of our films have captions. We show them with open captions and audio description. Um, the audio description is not open. Um, our, our venues are all, of course, wheelchair accessible and uh, fully we try to be as accessible as possible and looking for new ways to be even more accessible. So um, hopefully anyone, nothing will stop anyone from attending. You know, it's funny you would bring this up about the accessibility. Um, you know, what I hate is when you go to a movie, like I not only have epilepsy, I'm hard of hearing, and I love the movies, but that big contraption they give you if you're hard of hearing is terrible. Do you know what I'm talking about? They give you this contraption yeah. that you have to attach to your seat uh, to read the captioning. And I always say, oh, this is hard enough for me. Imagine if you're someone who is deaf. What do you think has to happen for the, Do you think that will ever change mainstream who, film? Yeah. Yeah. Whoever, whoever um, uh, designed that clearly did not speak to a deaf person. <laughs> um, there, you know, I, I, would, I, would, I actually test 
test um, test these things out sometimes because I'm always interested in accessibility. And you can't watch a movie um, while looking at the contraption. I mean, the same thing with a theater. You, you you know, if you're looking down at your popcorn holder in order to read the captions. Um, then you're then you then you can't actually look at the screen um, or the stage, whatever it would be. Um, so first of all, the, the people really need to listen. That you know, accessibility is not just like you know checking a box and saying, "Oh, here we made this accessible by giving you a little machine that will uh, give you captions." Um, it needs to actually allow somebody to truly access. Um, so that's crucial. We that's why we show films with the captions on. Um, in New York um, City. There's a law now that for mainstream cinemas have to show a certain percentage of films open captions with the captions there. And um, hopefully that's something that will spread everywhere and become the norm. Um, I think captions need to be done right. Some people say, oh, I don't like captions. It distracts me. I think it wouldn't be distracting if they're done right, if they're done in a, you know, in in a very, um, uh, um, with a nice text that looks good, that is timed correctly, that doesn't interfere, but is actually flowing with the film. Then, um, then you know, the same way we watch films with um, with subtitles, you could have the captions there, and it could only actually help you better understand um, uh, the film. I know I I watch all my films with uh, captions on, and uh, um, helps me follow better. You know, uh, when you're talking about the, I am one of those people. I said I need captioning. Oh, here we'll go get this for you. I said you've got to be kidding first. It's so hard to get it situated. Then once you do, you're having to look at that little box while you're trying to, you know, look at, watch the movie. So I really hope that day comes. Um, when I asked someone, they said, why it won't come that we don't like that captioning. I said, really? Well, we don't like not being able to see the film. So I, right. I, re- I really hope that day does come. But with that, with that, it is time for our On the Half Hour news break with Perry Jude Radisic. Perry, are you with us? Joyce, I'm here. Hi, Perry. Well, uh, Perry, we've been talking about accessibility uh, at movies and uh, Isaac, is the founder of Real Abilities Film Festival, uh, which is so wonderful. But someday, Perry, we hope we have the same options. So with that, Perry, what news do you have for us today? Well, Joyce, I, there's a big development on the horizon from the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services, but we need some advocacy to make it happen. So CMS also known as Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services, is out right now seeking public comment on a potentially significant independent living change for people who have certain power wheelchairs and are Medicare beneficiaries. It's called a seat elevation system, and it permits an individual with a disability to independently raise and lower their wheelchair. Now, These are some examples of how the system improves independence. It makes it safer to transfer from one place to another. Um, It uh, allows uh, disabled people to talk to another person eye to eye. It realigns the body uh, to prevent pressure sores. Uh, And if someone wants to reach higher, 
like in a kitchen for a cabinet, someone can do that with the seat elevation system. So currently, CMS doesn't cover uh, power seat elevation equipment for individuals who have this Group 3 power wheelchair. CMS says that the system is not primary, primarily medical in nature. So CMS is out seeking public comment to change that and to make it a benefit uh, for people to access. Now, we need public comment from our allies and the disability community to make sure CMS finalizes this decision. Advocacy matters. It's really needed now. The deadline for this public comment is Friday, March 17th. you got to let CMS know that we endorse access to seat elevation systems for Medicare beneficiaries. Now, Joyce, you know we make it easy to submit a public comment. Just go to disabilityrightspa.org. That's disabilityrightspa.org. Click on today's Advocacy Matters segment. At the bottom of the Advocacy Matters segment for today, you'll find a bunch of links, links that will talk to you about the change that's being proposed by uh, CMS and a link that directly takes you to submit a public comment. It's just that easy. You don't have to say a lot unless you have a lot to say about uh, uh, this change as a benefit for uh, Medicare beneficiaries. But remember, the deadline is Friday. Don't delay. Do it today. Let's help get this across the finish line. Yeah, may I ask, uh, Perry, why is this why is this so difficult to make happen? Is it cost? Is that what it is? Well, um, you know, it's I think it's how Medicare talks about coverage of durable medical equipment. They say it's not primarily medical in nature, but I think it can be. And that's where uh, Medicare has to switch its thinking about people with disabilities. Yes, it is going to help, it could help alleviate a medical condition like, uh, uh, like pressure sores. If you're able to move your chair independently, um, uh, stand up, sit down, raise, lower, tilt back, tilt forward, uh, it, it removes that pressure, but it also enhances people's lives by giving people more independence. So, uh, you know, maybe it's, a, it's cost, but it's also the way Medicare words their regulations. Well, let's hope that happens because just helping with those pressure sores, oh, my God, that would be so wonderful. It would be. So, once again, where do we go? Where do we go for our comments, and when do we have to have it done by? Yeah, thanks, Joyce. Friday, March 17th is the deadline. Uh, We've made it easy. Go to disabilityrightspa.org. Click on today's Advocacy Matters segment. You'll find a link that will get you right to the public comment page for CMS. It's just that easy. Um, And Perry, before you go, uh, you're the CEO of Disability Rights Pennsylvania. Would you mind just taking a minute to share with everyone uh, what the organization does Absolutely. Thank you, Joyce, for the opportunity. Uh, Disability Rights Pennsylvania is one of 57 uh, agencies across the country. We're called Protection and Advocacy, and we uh, protect 
uh, the rights of people with disabilities, of all disabilities, whether that's related to helping people navigate complicated systems like Medicaid waivers, uh, whether that's helping them file an EEOC complaint. Uh, so we work on issues like abuse and neglect, protecting rights. Uh, we do outreach, education, training, public policy, anything that, that moves us forward in terms of uh, disabled people's civil rights. And um, yeah, we're, we're a great organization and people should check us out at disabilityrightspa.org. Okay, so if they have an issue or want to donate, what should they do? Uh, go to disabilityrightspa.org. We have a donate button on our webpage. We have lots of legal rights, uh, fact sheets, and information and booklets uh, so people in Pennsylvania can learn more about their rights, uh, whether it's uh, voting or special education. Uh, we have lots of fact sheets. We cover lots of areas, and it would be uh, so easy to get a hold of us. We're, we answer the phones live uh, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, to do what we call intake, uh, to take uh, uh, legally-based uh, related claims from people with disabilities uh, for us to look at. So, um, yeah, it's that easy. Um, and a absolutely great organization that I am so proud to be on the board of. So take time to go there, make a donation. Uh, and Perry has been on the news with me. How many years now, Perry? Five years. Five years. Well, let me tell you, no matter where you are, you will be on the show at the half hour. So thank you, Perry. Um, and we'll look forward to hearing from you next week. All right. You know what, Isaac? We are the only place in the United States that every week uh, gives news on what's going on in the disability community nationally. The only place. So um, she is just awesome. And I'm just so thrilled to have her on every week. So I think we already explained, Isaac, where the festivals will be. Um, if you want to find that, where do you go to find that? The schedule. So the festival. So I'll share that the festival, realabilities.org is the website, R-E-E-L, um, uh, like the film reel. And um, the festival itself runs in New York in our main location is the JCC in Manhattan on the Upper West Side. But we also run in um, over 10 other locations throughout the entire New York um, metro area in all five boroughs. And um, again, this is for accessibility, so people can don't only have to come to the heart of Manhattan in order to see these films um, and of course we run virtually too so people can access these films um, from their home as well um, a big thank you to the pandemic for that one um, but we're we're really proud to to um, make these films as accessible as possible we want to make sure everyone is able to access them we try to create it with universal design so um, as many people can access as possible, but also with individual design and look into what the individual needs are for each person who's coming and to experience this in the best way possible. Oh, awesome. Um, and you mentioned you can see these films online 
is that all of the films, some of the films, and do you go to your website to register for that if you want to see it uh, on Zoom or whatever it's on? Absolutely. So the films, um, so first of all, everything's available. The, the dates are April 27th till May 3rd, and the films um, don't, uh, don't go up for sale until the end of this month, uh, the end of March, March 30th. So it's very soon, but we'll be announcing our full lineup um, um, very soon. So stay tuned and check out all those wonderful films. Um, but then the window to watch them is April 27th till May 3rd, and you could watch them through our website if you go to realabilities.org. I'll also share here, it's not yet public, but we're launching a streaming site for all of our past films, from the films for our last 14 years of fantastic festivals with these great films that some of them don't get screened anywhere else. Um, we are, we are um, going to have a streaming site to make as many of these films available as possible so people can experience other films as well. Um, all of our conversations, every film is followed by a conversation. You don't have, you, we don't just show a film, as I said before. This is a form of education, and we want to engage the community so every film has a conversation, and all of those conversations are recorded as well and also placed online so anyone can access them. Wow, that'll be awesome. That will be awesome. So we were talking about your upcoming work. What, what, are, what are you working on or what do you see in the future that you would like to work on? I mean, Real Abilities has really been the heart and soul of uh, my work for the last uh, 15 years, and, um, and that's something that's just growing so much, so we're hoping to expand it further and take it um, to new places, and continuing um, to, to bring programs to, um, to new places and, um, and, and share, share these wonderful films um, with other communities. So uh, that's, that, that's, that'll keep me busy for a little while. Now, are, do you... Do you design, do you create these films? Uh, I assume you have a team that works with you. And how do you find the actors for the film? So, so we don't create any of these films. I'm lucky enough not to have to do that hard work. Um, we, we, are, we select these films. Um, what we do is uh, we, we have a call for submissions, and um, uh, now we've established ourselves enough that we get every year hundreds and hundreds of submissions. We also search, just in case somebody missed us, we search out all the films that are related to disability and try to get as many as we can. And we have a few different committees that uh, view the films and work really hard to find the best of the best. And, uh, and as I said before, not, there's not room, not enough room, not enough slots in one week um, to be able to include every film. Um, but we, we, we try to get um, uh, you know, a good number of them and try to make them as diverse as possible so not all the films are about the same disability, but um, we, we, we see a real variety within the programming. And uh, then we have all the films um, uh, captioned and audio described and prep them um, so we can present them in the best way possible. Wow, I can't believe how many uh, movies are sent to you. That's unbelievable. That's great. That's wonderful. It's, it's, a, lot, it's a lot of movies. I, I, I see a lot of movies every year, and, uh, and it's amazing to see how the quality has gone up over the years and how many more films are being done in first person. Um, at the beginning, it was really rare to find a film that was actually made by a person with a disability, too. Um, now it's really a lot of um, first-person stories, and that's what we love. Well, 
a question I have for you. What would you say over the past, we'll say, 15 years, how, what do you feel has been your greatest accomplishment? Uh, within real abilities, it's, I mean, your life, every, in your every life, year. In, I mean, real abilities life. has been my greatest accomplishment. Within real abilities every year, it's hard to, it's hard to really to, to decide. Like, you know, there's every year I find something new that, is, that, that just amazes me and, and um, um, you know, changes me and, and uh, um, may, reminds me that this is why we do all this hard work and, uh, and, and why we're there and how, how, how much this work is needed for the community. And, and it could be as simple as, you know, sitting there in a, in a theater and taking a question from an audience member who's nonverbal and giving them the opportunity to feel comfortable and ask a question with everyone else and um, not have to feel like they're, they're, they're an outsider in the experience. Um, it, it could be that simple. And that, that moment is like, ah, this is why we do this. Now, for any young person listening to this show with a disability, that has aspirations uh, in the arts of some type, whether it's film, painting, radio, whatever it is, uh, but feel as if nonstop obstacles, someone like me will never get that chance. Uh, what would you say to them? I'd say, every, first of all, of course, never, never give up, and you have to work hard. You have to. Um, I think there's, there's. We're at. We're at a time when people are actually starting to pay a little bit more attention to disability, and that means that everybody's story can get told, and anyone can have that have that opportunity. Um, you just have to work really hard, and uh, and and have talent. I think. I think that's that's the bottom line. What we look for is just good storytelling, and and that's what makes a good movie to me. Of course, production quality too, but um, that's something that's technical. Um, the storytelling is really something that's uh, that's a craft that needs to be worked on and um, and and should really be developed. And I I think I think you know a disability is not something that should ever ever hold anyone out or be a reason for lack of inclusion. Um, if anything else, it gives you an edge. Well, I the one thing you said. Never give up. No matter what anyone says or how they try to lower the bar, just never give up. Um, and it's time for our What's Going On at Bender. I think we have Gerald Homey on the line. Gerald, are you with us? I'm here. Thank you so much, Joyce. And what a great show with you and Isaac. Yes, it is, isn't it? But. Gerald, I don't know if you heard the very beginning of the show. Would you mind sharing with Isaac what your disabilities are? Sure. I have dysgraphia, dyslexia, um, and mental health disabilities. Well, guess who has dyslexia and dysgraphia? Isaac, ah. so there you go. You've got something in common. And Gerald, by the way, is the uh, leader at Bender Consulting, which, of course, Bender Consulting, we focus on the employment of people with disabilities across the United States in IT, finance, engineering, really across the board, because people with disabilities have great talent, but with stigma 
have been left out, and we've worked with uh, the public sector, intelligence agencies like the NSA. People with disabilities are there. Just give them the chance. Gerald is the manager over 20 people that work in talent programs. Gerald, I'll turn it over to you to see what's going on at Bender. Thanks, Joyce, and it's great that you made that transition talking about talent because we have an exciting opportunity for talent with disabilities and employers looking to hire people with disabilities. Coming up next month in April, we have our Bender Virtual Career Fair on April 26th. We host these frequently with our wonderful partner, Career Eco Virtual Events, where we create a public platform for employers to recruit directly candidates with disabilities all across the United States, logging in online. We've been doing this since, I think, around 2012, something like that, a long time with, we've been doing these career fairs. Um, and if you go to BenderConsult.com, to our careers page, you can learn about the career fair. Get registered right now as a candidate looking for a job to give employers early access to your resume. And as an employer, get early access to our candidates that have signed up um, if you register right now uh, for this event. Job seekers, it's totally free to apply. Just gives you a lot of direct contact with large corporations, federal agencies and other employers all throughout the U.S. Um, so wanted to highlight this great opportunity coming up um, soon. So thank you for giving me the chance to talk about it, Joyce. So, Gerald, just so I have one thing straight, if anyone listening to this show with a disability is interested in registering for the virtual career fair, there is no fee to them. Is that correct? Absolutely correct. If you just go to our website under our career section to learn about the virtual career fair, you can register, get the link to register right there. No fee. You just instantly get your resume shared with a bunch of employers interested in hiring people with disabilities. And what, what about if you need accessibility? Oh, I'm glad you asked that. See, Career Eco's platform is accessible. Our iTest Digital Accessibility team has done testing on the site. And additionally, to support that effort, we always have one member of our digital accessibility team present during the career fair in case somebody runs into any accessibility issues that we're there to support and help them navigate through the technology. Um, there's even a whole screen reader guide we wrote for individuals using a screen reader to navigate the platform, although we know accessibility expands beyond just that. Um, so Career has been a great partner in that, and um, that's one of the reasons we engaged this platform in the beginning is we saw the potential for it to be an early accessible platform for housing virtual employment events, um, even before the pandemic era. Curico was really onto this early. So very inclusive. One last question, Gerald. If a company or business manager is listening to the show, what do they do if they want to be a sponsor? Same thing. Go to the career section of our vendor consulting site to learn about the job fair. If you click that register link, you can then 
register as organizations learn more. Um, everything's out there for information pricing for a um, company right now. The we're still in the early registration registration deadline, so you save $100 if you register right now. It's $395. That's it for a company to participate. Usually we get at least 1,000 candidates with disabilities participating in this event. So really low-cost, great opportunity to get connected with candidates with disabilities. Uh, right now we have one sponsor, Wells Fargo. Um, so... You can also sponsor the event for additional visibility. There's a lot of options there. Definitely go check it out. Thank you, Gerald. And we'll look forward to more news next week. Thanks, Gerald. I look forward to the rest of the show. All right. Thank you so much. Well, uh, before we end the show, you know, Isaac, first of all, thank you for joining us. I just loved having you on as a guest. Thank you so much for having me, and it's great to hear that you have another dysgraphic on the show, and if only I knew how to spell dysgraphia. (laughs) Yep, that's right. So um, you've obviously been successful and innovative and creative and came up with an idea and just made it happen. So you must have been influenced by others or someone. So who would you say is your role model? Oh, there, there, there are so many out there. I mean, I'm only grateful to everyone who has uh, helped forge this path before me. And I, I mean, today, this week, I am thinking so much about uh, Judith Human, who unfortunately passed away and um, has been a good friend to Real Abilities. Um, she spoke at one of our closing nights um, during the pandemic and has been really such an activist and a leader in the, in the community that, uh, that I can't uh, not think about uh, about what an influence she's had in my life. Um, but I also want to highlight um, another unsung hero, um, um, uh, a friend named Lawrence Carter Long, who has uh, been with our festival since day one and helped uh, guide our festival and continues to um, present, uh, I, I'd say he's the greatest expert on disability film in the world. He's like the ultimate Yoda of uh, disability film. And... Um, really, I think, has a, has a keen understanding of the importance of kindness and good storytelling. I can't believe this. Last week, I had a dedication to Judy Human. That was the entire show where different disability rights leaders called in. If I had known you, I would have told you, but we'll be doing something else. But I had 19 people call in, uh, national leaders, to talk about Judy and how much she meant to them. It was really hard for me. As my listeners know, when Judy passed away, she was one of my closest friends. And do you see how everyone was impacted by Judy? I don't care who you talk to. Everyone. Everyone was impacted by Judy Human. Uh, and then Lawrence Carter Long, another great person. So isn't it amazing how we know the same people, but like who doesn't know Judy, right? <laughs> it's, it, the community is way too small. You'd think there were five people in this community when actually it's, you know, 25% of the population. 
I know. Isn't it amazing? Well, I want to thank you again uh, for being with us today. And wait, Isaac, until you hear the quote for the day. I don't think I felt really shame about my disability. What I felt more was exclusion, said Judy Human. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you all next week. And in the words of Mary Brocker, remember, choose joy. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.